0: okay hey if you weren't here this morning we started to talk about the Daniel fast <laughs> yay that was one that was one very sad sounding yay <laughs> no it 's not that bad um, if, if you don't know what that's about uh, hopefully we might uh, fill you in a bit uh, this it comes from a passage in uh, the book of Daniel chapter ten in the Bible where um, Daniel had this vision, third line down, its message was true, it concerned a great war. Uh, so he had this vision, slightly disturbing, couldn't quite figure it out. And, and, and in the kind of religious context, he's like, I know what to do. I need to fast and pray to get a breakthrough in this area. And, so, uh, and, and for some of us, that's, it's kind of like real left field. If you don't have a lot of experience around church or stuff, it might be like, what? why would you do that? Well, um, I hope to kind of explain why they would do that, but the default kind of cultural setting was, if i got a problem, if I'm stuck, if I've hit a ceiling, if I've hit a wall, if I'm confused, if I lack clarity, there's an answer to that, I fast, because something about rearranging my priorities, cutting the normal kind of routines of my life, uh, sets me up for my breakthrough. And it's like, how many people? How many people tonight? Like, man, I'm ready for a breakthrough. Like, I don't want to keep. I don't want to go around this mountain again. I don't want to. I don't want next year to be the same as this year. In fact, I don't want this year to finish the way that it's gone in the middle. I'm looking for a breakthrough. Anyone? Anyone ready for a breakthrough? Well, I tell you, God's got a, a means for you to pursue your breakthrough. It's called fasting. And there's a particular kind of fast he did, said, for three weeks, that's what we're doing, 21 days, I ate no choice food. That's sounding sad, isn't it? No choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips. Uh, earlier in the book, he had a similar thing, just give us vegetables and water to eat. And it's like something about, as Pastor Ed said, something as simple and, and, and as kind of unsignificant sounding as, as I'm taking the coffee out of my life, I'm taking this and I'm gonna seek God, it sets you up for your breakthrough. And we're totally convinced in the next 21 days we're gonna see story after story of supernatural breakthrough because this is God's means to bring breakthrough in our life. Uh, so you're ready for a breakthrough? You're desperate for a breakthrough? Man, I am, it's like, I want to go hard at this because I want to see some things shift in my world. And, and so, I don't know, if you were here this morning, you wonder, what, what's it involved? I put up this, this thing this morning. This was good news this morning. It's only 493 hours until your next coffee, steak, wine, chocolate, ice cream, sugar, cheese, or bread. It's, yeah, the, this meeting's slowly dying. Um, but I've got good news for you now. It's only 486 hours to your next steak, coffee, wine, whatever. I mean, it's getting better. We're getting there. We're seven hours more down than we were in the services. So why, why would we do this kind of thing? Like, I mean, why would we do this? Like, just do it for three weeks. I wanna, I wanna explain some kind of a bit of a background to it. This, um, there's this kind of been these pendulum swings about religious practices so i don't know some of you might have grown up in a traditional church or a generation ago when you had to do things out of religious duty so if you didn't do this you felt guilty if you didn't do this you were bad and and and, uh and you had to do it Uh, and so then kind of a generation ago we did this massive pendulum swing over to the other side it's like Oh man, I suddenly I just feel free from this burden and now I'm just free to be me and be authentic and and there's no pressure and you know and I used to feel so guilty if I didn't read my bible and now I'm just free to be real authentic and Yeah, like you wouldn't live the rest of your life like that, would you? I mean, if you go to the gym, you don't wake up in the morning and go You know, I'm just I'm just not feeling it today. So you know, I don't want to be a hypocrite. So I, you know, I just ring my personal trainer and go, look, I just got to be authentic to myself today, and so I'm not going to be there. I mean, we don't live life, but somehow we bought this idea that it's all about just being free and going with the flow. I mean, if you're in a sports team, you don't, you know, you don't miss a training, and then the coach rings you up, where were you? I just, I just, you know, for me, kind of like. Once a month kinda is, you know, that just makes, that's what I feel I need, you know. And so um, I just wanna be real true to myself. I wouldn't wanna be a hypocrite. I wouldn't wanna be faking it. So, you know, I'm just gonna go once a month to training. It's like, no, that's not how life works. And it's like, you're kind of caught between, is it all about guilt and duty? Is it all about free and authentic? Well, there's actually a middle way that you'll hear quite a few churches using today. And it's kind of a long phrase, that we're formed by the habits of the heart. In our heart, we desire certain things, but that leads us to engage in certain practices and make certain habits, because I know that I'm formed by the habits that I do, not by my intentions. So I'm not living out of guilt, but I'm not living out of, oh, I'm just doing what I want. It's I have decided that this is important to me, and because of that, I choose to put certain habits into my life because I know that I'm gonna be formed by the habits, not by the feelings or the intentions. And so there's a whole set of spiritual practices that it's not like, it's not that, well, well, I've got to go to church, otherwise God's going to strike me down. But it's not like, oh, well, I just feel like, you know, when, it, when I feel the urge, I'll go because I don't want to be inauthentic. It's like, no, I'm gonna be formed by the habit I put in place of turning up a church. I'm gonna be formed by the habit that I put in place of going to an e-group. I'm gonna be formed by the habit I put in place of reading the Bible and seeking God. I'm gonna be formed by the habit that I engage in of perhaps once a year for 21 days, I reduce my diet, I limit it, and I seek God for a breakthrough. And so, so take my word for it, if you like God's word for it, this whole fasting thing is one of the habits that's always been around in the church, always been around in the Bible that people knew if you engage in this habit of fasting, something will shift in your life. You will be formed by, you will be a different person because you will be formed by the habits of your heart not by religious duty, but not by just going whatever you want. You'll be formed by the habits of your heart. You're ready to to establish a habit for the next 21 days that is gonna change you, that is gonna shift something in your life. You're gonna be a different person because you decided that in your heart, I want to pursue God. I want something to shift. I believe there's more for my life than I'm currently seeing, and so I engage in a habit of fasting to go after that. Is that all right? So there's various, there's lots of different habits that Christians can engage in. A guy, quite a few years ago, called Richard Foster, wrote this book, Celebration of Spiritual Disciplines. He's like, there's a whole set of practices you can do which will shape you, which will form you, which will change you. He, I showed this morning, he, he just put them into three groups and came up with six, twelve, Inward, outward, and corporate ones. These are, all of these are just habits. It's not religious duty. God's not gonna strike you down if you don't do them, but you're not gonna be formed if you, did I say that right? You're not gonna be formed if you don't do them, but but if you do them, something is gonna change. And not like, oh yeah, I, one time I felt like going to the gym. No, it's the habit of going. It's like these habits when you put in place in your life, something will change. You know, and I I love, I was sharing this morning, I just was watching the worship team last Sunday night and I just thought, man, I just love our church that it's got this front end of just celebration, joy and vitality, but there's a back end to it of some real weight that goes, come on, these are people who have a habit of fasting. They have a habit of prayer. They have a habit of reading the Bible. They have a habit of seeking accountability and relationships. There's a weight because of the habits that have formed them. And you might think they're just uh, singing and, no, no, there's a weight to this because they have been formed by the habits of faith. And it's like, man, I just want to, I want the next 21, I don't know about you, in the next 21 days, I wanna be a different person at the end of it than I am now. I wanna be a better person at the end of it than I am now. And I want some things in my world to be better than they are now. And that's why I, out of my heart, make a decision to establish a habit that's gonna shift something in the next 21 days. You with me? You're ready to put in place a habit that's gonna change something? You're ready for a breakthrough? Just another little thing I I, like, some of you would have seen this at college, but he talks about these spiritual disciplines. He talks about the difference between a plant and a climbing frame. And he's like, the the spiritual disciplines are not the plant. The spiritual disciplines support the plant. What he's saying is, reading the Bible doesn't make you spiritual. Going to church doesn't make you spiritual. Being spiritual is you know you know God and you're becoming like Jesus. All of those things are just things that support that growth. The habits are the frame that supports the growth. Come on, you're not formed by religious duty, but on the other hand, you're also not formed by just a free for all. You're formed when you put in place habits that have caused you to get closer to God and to become more like Jesus. Come on, it's, it's time to be transformed. It's time to grow. And I mentioned this morning, you know, in this, he, he particularly, there's two that I wanted to highlight. He highlights the place of fasting that we're talking about, and he highlights the place of celebration. And tonight I want to unpack a bit more the relationship between those two. Or if you, just to make it sound a bit closer, fasting and feasting. Because they're both practices that will shape you. They're both practices that you have to put in place to be formed. They're both things you don't wait, you don't wait till you feel like celebrating in the Bible. You choose to put it in place because you know that it will change who you are. But equally, you don't wait till you feel like fasting, you choose to put it in place because it will shape you. But there's there's a relationship between these two that I really wanna unpack Tonight, and, and, and I want us to lead us in the first step of seeing some of the breakthrough around this. So uh, again, just to recap this morning, I mentioned Jesus talked about the relationship between these two because what he found is a whole lot of religious people just didn't get it. They couldn't get it, they got confused. And there's, a, there's this passage where Jesus just in kind of despair, like, to what can I compare this generation? They're like children sitting in the marketplace calling out to others. We played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. What's he talking about? He's talking about that, that John the Baptist had come with this message of repentance, of wilderness, of fasting. And, and, and uh, they said, for John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon the Son of Man, that's Jesus referring to himself, came eating and drinking, and they say here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. See here what Jesus is saying, there was a time and a place for feasting and celebration. There was a time and a place for fasting. And and both are valid expressions. Both are important parts of the person of if you want to be the person God has called you to be, both of those need to be habits that are in your life. Uh, but the people like, which is right? Am I supposed to feast or am I supposed to fast? You're supposed to do both in different times, in different seasons, around different areas. And I love his conclusion. Wisdom is proved right by her deeds. It's like, it's wise for me now to feast and celebrate. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We're called to celebrate, rejoice, give thanks. It's what, but and now in this part of my life, I'm feeling stuck. I'm feeling a ceiling. I'm feeling capped it would be wise for me to fast, to push for a breakthrough. And some of you maybe have realized now there's an area of your life, it's like, man, I'm all good over here, I'm gonna celebrate, I'm gonna give thanks to God, I'm I'm gonna just rejoice. But this area is not okay. This area, something needs to shift. This area, I need a breakthrough. And a wise person would say, I hit that with fasting. And part of what we're gonna do tonight is, Pastor Ed has talked about this invitation on that card to think about, man, what are the areas I'm looking for breakthrough in? What are the areas I'm frustrated in? What are the areas I feel stuck in? What are the areas I'm looking for God to shift something supernaturally? You would be wise to attack that with fasting. Come on, you would be wise, Jesus said. He um. He, there's another incident in Matthew where John's disciples came and How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples don't? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he's with them? It's interesting, mourning is associated, M-O-U-R-N is associated with fasting. Fasting is about the thing that bothers you, the thing that's missing, the thing that there's more. It's like, I I gotta hit that thing. Whereas, the, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he's with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them and then they will fast. Over here, there's a habit of celebration. You celebrate where the presence of Jesus is there, where God has broken through and God has done wonderful things. We give thanks, we rejoice, we celebrate. But there's some areas of our lives where we haven't had that breakthrough yet. And I love the determination that says, we're not just gonna settle back, we're not just gonna say, oh, well, it mustn't have been as well. It's like, I'm gonna fast till something moves in that area. I'm gonna fast till I see my breakthrough. And so th- these, two are, these two are important, and but there is an order to them. And that's where I wanna unpack a bit more tonight. And I, if you were around this morning, I actually changed the order of the th- pictures. Fasting and then feasting. Come on, because fasting brings the breakthrough that puts you in the place where then you're celebrating the, the arrival of God. And, and I, I just wanna show in Scripture, it, there's always been this order. And so I'm, I wanna encourage, I'm trying to launch you into this thing of fasting and we're launching a battle for our breakthrough so that in 21 days we can stand and celebrate where the bridegroom has arrived. Jesus has broken into my world. Something has shifted. Is that okay? So, so the first one is this. So I said the whole discussion for Jesus was around John the Baptist and Jesus. So John the Baptist arrives, Luke chapter three, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of the Lord came to John, son of Zechariah in the wilderness. Fasting is associated with wilderness where things are stripped back where everything's reduced to the most basic level, where, where everything is kind of raw and, and dependent on God. That, that's the link of fasting in scripture. And it just said he went into the country around Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance. And it's like, man, we're just stripping stuff away. We're getting stuff sorted out. We're getting ready for what? We're getting ready for the arrival of God. But, but there's some work that we gotta do. Uh, And so he quotes from the um, prophet Isaiah, and he says this, a voice of one calling where? In the wilderness. It's always in those wilderness stripped away places. That's what fasting is. I'm not waiting for a wilderness experience. In a sense, I choose to put myself in this more exposed, raw environment, because I know this is the place where God deals with stuff. I don't just sit there and wait for my promise to fall out of heaven like a Christmas present. I go into this place to, in a sense, for a battle for my breakthrough. And, 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 and he, his call was this, prepare the way of the Lord. We're like, oh no, I just want him to arrive. No, but part of the message, that's the fasting, feasting thing. Uh, We want him to just arrive and celebrate the feast. But part of the message of the John the Baptist type wilderness fasting thing is, no, no, prepare for this. Come on, get ready for this. Shift some stuff. And so the images of making a roadway in the desert, you know, make straight paths for him. So I just want my answer to fall out of heaven. He's like, no, I want you to sort some stuff out in your life. See, we, we're not, I'm just not gonna teach you about fasting tonight. We're gonna start the business of fasting, which is God, we want our breakthrough out there. God says, I wanna rearrange some stuff in here. Because your problem is not your circumstances. The problem is in here and here, and we're gonna sort some stuff out in here that's gonna unlock your breakthrough out there. Come on, you ready to do some business of fasting? Uh-oh, someone some say, uh-oh, no. Um, every every valley should be filled in there's low places in your life of intimidation of insecurity of inferiority god's like i need to sort that out um, I was chatting with someone this week and they're talking about the the fast and um, and you know ask them what they're believing for and they're like oh yeah I just need vision for the future and God just dropped this word in my mind intelligent and I was like have, have that have they always Doubted that they're intelligent. And I'm like, yeah, and it's like there's the battle, in their fast. That's the thing. To, they don't. The battle is not get a vision from heaven. The battle is defeat that valley. And once you've got your victory there, you've prepared a highway for God to arrive in. Come on, prepare the way of the Lord. Come on, it's not just getting rid of meat and stuff. It's like I'm putting myself in the zone where I'm ready for God to deal with some stuff. Because I want to see some stuff. You know, in every valley shall be filled in, but every mountain and hill made low. Maybe there's some places, prominent places in your life that God's like, that's just got to go. The pride, I don't know what the, whatever, whatever that means for you, but like, if you're going to prepare a way for God's breakthrough, there's some stuff that's got to be filled in, but there's some stuff that's got to be brought down. Start to get, bit, ooh, I just thought I was missing coffee. <laughs> Now you're talking about God rearranging my heart. Yeah, because that's what fasting is about. Uh, it, you know, the crooked roads will become straight, parts that are just out of order. I was like, man, I just need to get this, I was, I was just hoping God was gonna drop this job or this money. He's challenged me to sort out some attitudes in my life that are just out of line. Sorting me to sort out some practices that are just out of line. Oh, welcome to fasting. You know, and, and the rough way smooth, things that are see, some rough edges, they just need to get smoothed off. What, and why is all this happening? Why do we, do, why do we put ourselves in that place? Because then there'll be a roadway prepared for the Lord and all people will see God's salvation. He's going to come riding in and you're going to be celebrating His victory. But there's a stage of fasting that's preparing and this stage of feasting that's celebrating and come. Interesting, when, uh, when Luke quotes Isaiah, he actually paraphrases the final statement about verse six. In, their, in Isaiah, it's this, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. How many people keen to see something glorious of God break into your life? Something glorious, everyone to look around and go, what happened to you? Man, everyone wants that, but the call of fasting is prepare a way for that to arrive. This gets a bit awkward, eh? It's interesting with John, you know, I said before these themes. He's in the wilderness, rep- preaching repentance, call- calling in the wilderness, prepare. And and he's doing a partial fast I mentioned this morning, different to the Daniel fast. His was this, locusts and honey. Nice. Yeah, Daniel fast not that bad. If you're gonna go in the wilderness, Daniel fast is better than that option. But, but so, th- so you, I'm just trying to get, you get this thing? There's a sequ- there's place for both, but there's actually a sequence. We fast, which is what, with John and Jesus. John comes first, then Jesus comes. John comes and prepares the way. Jesus arrives and everything breaks open. Come on, we just want the arrival of Jesus. We don't want to sit under the ministry of John. When you sign, you don't know if you realize this, but when you signed up the fast, you chose to align yourself with the ministry of John the Baptist because you wanna prepare the way for Jesus to arrive in your life. Awesome, you guys are great. So not, but, but there's a second example of this, not, not just the sequence with John going to Jesus, There's actually the same sequence in the life of Jesus. The fasting preceding the feasting. So Luke chapter four, Jesus full of the Spirit, left the Jordan, and what happened? He's led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he's tempted or tested. And then we're gonna look at what happens in the meantime, but when he comes back out, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Again, how many people want to live in the power of the Spirit? How many want to see God's power working in you and through That's wonderful, but between the filling of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit, there's the wilderness experience of being fasted where God prepares the way for His power to come into your life, for His power to hit you and shift things. You just signed up to be led by the Spirit into a place where He's going to deal with some stuff to set you up for the arrival of the power of God in your life. That's why we do this stuff. You know, I love when he comes back out. He, um, you know, he goes to his hometown in Nazareth, he picks up this other passage of Isaiah, and and he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me, he's anointed me, proclaim good news to the poor, proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, set the oppressed free, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He's like, this is now what is gonna happen. That's the arrival of God, but the battle was never about, can I get blind eyes open? Can I get oppressed people free? Can I get people to experience the favor of God? That's the result that came because of different kind of battles that he fought in a secret place. Come on, in the next 21 days, you're going to face some battles in a secret place that are different to this, and then then these, these are the easy, this is easy. This, because you've won a battle somewhere else. He, um, you know, I love it that he just confidently stands up at the end of this and says, today, this is fulfilled. There's no battle around this, because I've faced my own battles in the wilderness. Come on, are, are you, see, I, I love what we're gonna do. In a few minutes, we're gonna write down, like this is where I'm believing for them, I, I, I but But I, I wanna let you know, before you see that, you're going to fight some different battles. that's not your real battle. God's going to take like oh god i just I just need to see my debt canceled, I need to see finance broken. okay, okay that yeah, we got that, but we need to deal with your sense of inferiority and intimidation and failure. You beat that, and that's no problem for God god I'm praying I'm praying for a husband or a wife It's like. You need to b- beat that sense of inferiority or aloneness or rejection. That's your battle in the wilderness. I'll show, I'll show you in a minute if you don't believe me. This, remember what Jesus said when he came out the other side? These amazing things are gonna happen. The battle in the wilderness was never, come on God, I wanna see miracles. Come on God, I wanna see healings. Come. On. These were the battles in the wilderness. 40 days he was tempted. He ate nothing. And at the end of them, he's hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell the stone to become bread. He's hungry for goodness sake. Make some bread. And and he's like, this is my test. The test is this. People do not live on bread alone. My personal needs don't take priority in my life. My felt need. That's your first battle in fasting. I'm hungry, I want a steak, I want some chocolate, I've got a headache. Yeah, but I, they're all true, but I choose to put something else first. I want a word from God. That's the first battle. The second battle, the devil takes him up to a high place, shows him an instant all the kingdoms of the world, and he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want if you worship me. He's offered him his dream and Jesus is like, I wanna, I'm gonna give my life for that, but you know, I don't even worship my dream, I worship God and if I have to lay down my dream, I'm willing to do that. You start to feel, ooh, welcome to the battles of the wilderness. God takes you to places where you settle some issues. You can only settle some issues in the wilderness where it's kind of raw and it's stark and and the easy answers aren't there and the bank account's not full. And you're not surrounded by, you make decisions in the wilderness that that win your victory for when you step into your celebration. You know, it's interesting that there's a progression in this, because it's like, man, my immediate needs, but a lot of people will sacrifice their needs for their dream, so it's like the devil goes, okay, we're going deeper in here. I can't beat you on your needs, I'll attack you on your dream. Yeah, I got dreams, but I don't worship them. I'll I'll surrender them to God. Devil's like, okay, you beat me on that one. We're going to have to go deeper. And so uh, he takes him up to, so kind of a weird one, takes him up above the temple. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. And and the whole point is if the angel, if he'd come kind of floating down, everyone would have gone hallelujah chorus and amazing and whatever. and, And he's used God to get something for himself, and his answer is like, I know I'm actually called to be the Messiah, but this, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Yeah, my needs don't come first, my dreams don't come first, but even my own rights and my independence don't come first. You know, I love it later on in John I will not say much more to you for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. Other translation, he has nothing in me. Third one, he has no power over me. That came in the wilderness. You can't get me through my needs. You can't get me through my dreams. You can't get me through my independence or pride or my rights. You ain't got nothing on me. Welcome to the battle of the wilderness. Welcome to the challenges of fasting. You get the victory there. Real easy to step in, the blind eyes open, the deaf hear. The gospel is preached to the poor. You know, Pastor Sam has talked about this passage in Mark 9 often where there's this demon-possessed boy and the disciples couldn't cast it out. And then Jesus comes, he deals with it. And uh, after Jesus gone in- indoors, his disciples asked him, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. Other versions say by prayer and fasting. The point is, he didn't, if you read the account, he didn't actually fast and he didn't even pray. He d- if you read it, it just says, he rebuked the impure spirit, you deafened mute spirit, I command you come out and never come in. So Pastor Sam's point was the prayer and fasting was in the secret place battle before that then he could step into this ministry of power and authority and celebration and seeing breakthrough because he had fought the battle in the secret place. See, there's an order to it, fasting then feasting, the battle and then the breakthrough but the battle is often not in the areas that you think you're looking for your breakthrough in. So the second area of this is Jesus in the wilderness and Jesus in public ministry. You you get it? I feel like I'm kind of trying to instruct you like this is how things are going to pan out so that you can cooperate with it. There's actually a third part. So the first one is John the Baptist, then Jesus. The second one is Jesus in the wilderness followed by Jesus in his public ministry but there's a third one and it's around what the experience of Israel as a nation and if you've been at Bible College the last few years you might have heard me talk about this in the three temptations Jesus quotes scripture back at them it is written man shall not live by bread alone if you look it up that comes from Deuteronomy eight. Second one it is written worship the Lord your God and serve him only it comes from Deuteronomy 6 Jesus answered, It is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Deuteronomy 6. His three responses all come from a narrow band of a couple of chapters in the Old Testament, in the book of Deuteronomy. You need to back up the. Tra- Deuteronomy was it literally means the second giving of the law. They came out of Egypt. They're about to go into the promised land after, after what? After they've been in the wilderness and God's tested them in the wilderness, and they've faced the trials in the wilderness, and Moses stands in front of them and says, you're about to shift from your fasting to your feasting. You're about to go from the wilderness to the promised land. You're about to shift, so I wanna remind you of the lessons that were won in the wilderness, that you take those into your promised land. And it's like, welcome to the same pattern again. You fight your battles in the wilderness that then you carry the lessons into your breakthrough. Come on, you fight your battles in the wilderness that releases you to step into your promised land. And um, I think it's interesting in Luke's account, the devil figures out after two two replies that he's in trouble. So on the third one, the devil quotes scripture. And notice he quotes from Psalm 91. He's like, I gotta get Jesus out of that Deuteronomy stuff about wilderness fasting. I gotta get him into the nice comfortable ones. You know, if you he will come up and it's tr- it's scripture, so I'm not mocking. You, but Jesus is like, No devil, you're not getting me out of Deuteronomy. I'm going back to Deuteronomy six, because I know the well that I need to draw from now, and it's the lessons of wilderness, it's the lessons of fasting, it's the lessons of trial. That's where I'm gonna take from scripture because that's gonna set me up to step into my promised land. Go. Here's it from Deuteronomy chapter eight. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you, so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land. The promise was never the problem was never possessing the promised land. Your breakthrough is not your problem. Your problem is winning the battles that release you to step into your promised land. And so he's like, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness, these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. The pattern is the same again for Israel, fasting in the wilderness and then feasting in the promised land. I feel like some of you are getting like, I I get what I signed up to now. I'm looking for my breakthrough. But that's gonna become because some of the different kind of battles that I fight in the next 21 days. There's a common pattern all throughout scripture um, of that, that the devil, not, there's only three ways to get at you. If you go back to the Genesis story with the temptation, it said the food, the, it was good for food, it was pleasing to the eye, it was desirable for gaining wisdom. Jesus' thing, turn the stones into bread, the kingdoms of this world, throw yourself off the temple. First John says it like this, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Devil's only got three ways into your life. You only need to win three battles. Come on, my needs don't come first, God's word does. My dreams don't come first. I see them, but I'm willing to lay them down because I worship only God. My rights and my pride and my independence don't come first. Here's the, You know what, here's the deal. God is not being tested as whether he delivers for you. You're being tested as whether you will follow through for him. There's this depth of surrender like, I surrender to you, God. My job is keep my heart right, not tell you you're not delivering. I'll skip over this one. um, I've said, basically, the needs... What's the response? I don't live by bread alone, but by the word of God. My dreams, you shall worship the Lord your God and Him alone. My rights, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Fasting and feasting. How many people looking through a great feast when God breaks through? How many people looking for a great celebration of something shifting in your world? It's, uh, what I'm trying to prepare you for is this. Don't think that you're just going to fast and then suddenly the breakthrough is going to come. God's going to bring issues to your mind and heart for you to address. That He's going to be He's going to be realigning stuff. He's going to be reordering stuff. He's going to be shifting stuff. And I, I want you to get ready for that. Um, I, I, I want to lead us in a kind of a, a ministry time about that. So here's the first thing. What, what we're gonna do in a few minutes is Pastor Ed's gonna lead you in that. Um, so maybe if the musicians could come up, just get someone just playing keyboard. I want you to think, like seri- think what are the areas you're looking for your breakthrough in? What are the areas you wanna be standing there in 21 days and having a party because God came through? And I just want you to think about that. And if you've got one of those cards and if you hadn't filled one out yet, where are you looking for a breakthrough? Just think about it. Where are you looking for a shift? Man, God, I just want to be standing there seeing my, my family saved. I want to be standing there seeing my debt removed. I want to be standing there seeing this long-term health problem for one of my loved ones, God. I I wanna stand there seeing this family reconciled. I wanna stand there having having seen my classroom come to Jesus. I wanna stand there seeing my best friend has got free from that depression and and they've come to church and they're part of my e-group. It's like, those are great things to think about. Can I invite you to stand? That's where we're going, what you're gonna write down. But I wanna, I, I just don't wanna talk about fasting. I want us to start the work of the fast tonight. Okay, I want us to, I'm not just waiting that in my private devotion, God convicts me or something. It's like, man, if we're doing this properly, God will be preparing the way. And so, I, you know, I, I just wanna be careful that the devil loves to just bring condemnation. The Holy Spirit comes to bring a realignment. And, and you know, it's a scary sounding word often, repent. It just means a change of thinking. You know, at the start of the fast, I, I just want you to be thinking for a minute around this. At the, you know, at the start of the fast, it's like, yeah, I'm wanting to see God arrive. And God's going, and God just shines his light and says, I just want, but there's that part of your life. I just want you to, you just, I want to bring it back in alignment. I've, realized, I've kind of drifted off. I've started pursuing thoughts that are just, that I realize and they're just, I don't got to get back in line thoughts about relationships, work, money, ministry, well, I, I don't know what, but if some things are crooked, just let, just repentance is like, man, I just want to tonight, I don't want to wait 21 nights, tonight we start the work of the fast and I want to let God re repave the road of my life for His glory to come in. You know, maybe there's some valley, something that just touched the, the dark area, the, the deep, dark hole. God's like, I know you want your victory over here, but we've got to fill that up. We've got to deal with that. Maybe it's attitudes with people around church. Or it's just got a bit rough, but jagged and niggly and stuff. It's like, man, how did that? That's what I love about fast. Suddenly I'm back in the zone where it's like, man, where did that attitude come from? That stink. Man, I want to sort that out. I want to realign that. I just feel like God's conviction is gonna come. Hey, I love God's conviction is never condemning. He puts his finger on something and goes, if you realign this, you're gonna set a way for my glory to come. come on, if you'll shift this, you'll prepare a way for my arrival. Come on, I know your heart set on this breakthrough, but I'm wanting you to find a breakthrough in this area tonight. And so I just want to encourage you for a minute, maybe you close your eyes, you raise raise your hands, whatever. Sit under the ministry of John the Baptist. Prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness, where all your comforts are stripped away and you're just standing before you and God and the thoughts and attitudes that you realize have slipped, it's a chance just to realign them and bring them back. And I just believe there's a moment now when, um, when there's a call to, uh, it sounds so hip, to repent. It just means I'm gonna, uh, yeah, that part, I just need to bring that back into alignment. And, um, and, and I wanna encourage you to respond to that because I want us to do the business of this fast tonight. I want us to go out of here going, do you know what? An area of my life has now been realigned and is now ready for the arrival of the King. And so you can do it right where you are. You can just God puts His finger on on an attitude, on a feeling, on a practice. You you could you could just allow God to realign it. But but I. Um, I hope I don't mess this up for Pastor Ed, but I just I just want to encourage some of you. I want to invite you to step out if you know, like, yeah, man, I want to get something right. That you step out the front and you come step out of your seat and you come up here. Like, I'm just wanting to I'm wanting to realign some stuff. I'm wanting to prepare some. I'm going to see if I'm not going to have coffee or meat for the next 21 days. I'm not going to stuff around. I'm just going to sort this thing out. So if you know God's calling you to bring a shift in some area, why don't you come out the front and just kind of deal with God? Say, God, yeah. I'm going to shift this now. I want to encourage you to have a dealing with God. These guys are going to lead us in a song. I invite you, I encourage you to deal with God now if that's you.